Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my health and wellness goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love Daily Harvest. They take the planning, prep, and cleanup out of cooking by delivering my favorite veggie and fruit-packed options straight to my door. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep. When I need a quick window opener, I might reach for the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. And when I'm looking for a delicious way to close my window, there's nothing better than the apple and spiced oat bites. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody and welcome to episode 348 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Caleb Lewis. Caleb lives in Greenville, South Carolina, and he is a new college graduate in the field of business management. Welcome, Caleb. Well, thanks, Jen. It's great, great to talk to you today and another South Carolinian, <laughs> but you're on the whole other side of the state from me. So um, I look forward to hearing about your story. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, so that's been several years ago. Let's see, I've been, I've been doing intermittent fasting since February of 2020. And 
there is a story, obviously, behind why I started doing it. And how old are you? Do you mind if I ask how you are right now? I'm 30. Okay, 30. I know that people would be wondering since you just finished with your with your degree. So they might that that number could be anywhere from what, 21 to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to 30. All right. So you're 30. So let's let's go back to, to your story. Okay, so think back years back. Like when I was younger, you know, teens, twenties, you know, I was just like anyone else. I just ate, right. you know, three meals a day. And then I think it would have been sometime in 2018, I started having some trouble with my mood. Like my mood was dipping down really low. And it was almost like a depressive, you know, depression type of state. So you were right around the age of 25 when that that started to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... So my mood was just really low. I just kind of felt like depressed, glum yeah. all the time. And I was, of course, wanting to figure out what was causing it and wanted to try to figure out something that would help. So I remember at what point I started trying different things, but I did start trying different things. I tried different supplements. I tried doing light therapy with a light that emulated sunlight. Right. And all of those things helped to some degree, but... None of them really could just, none of them quenched that darkness inside me. And you were still not overweight at this, but you were not, you were not struggling with your weight at all at that point. It was just mood. Just mood. Just yeah. mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my weight's always been normal. And I don't, I don't want to say just mood, like it's no big deal because it's clearly a big deal, right? If you're feeling depressed and glum all the time and struggling with depression, that's huge. But I just wanted to get that context in there. You were not needing to lose weight. You just needed to find a way to get that depression under control. Correct. So you started with supplements, light therapy, all of that, and it helped a little, but not very much. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know. So then it just, it got to the point where I was just willing to try anything. Right. And then I guess it was my mother who told me that she'd heard that intermittent fasting could help with mood. So I was like, okay. And she actually had your book, Delay, Don't Deny. And I guess she had read it and maybe she was trying intermittent fasting at that point. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll read it and see. So I started reading it and I think it was probably before I finished reading it that I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a try and see what happens. It's worth a shot. Good, good old mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And is she doing intermittent fasting now by any chance or she's not, you don't know. She is, she's, She's done like different variations of it. And currently she is doing, she's doing, yeah, I think she's like, typically she's fasting until noon or so. Okay. So you, you read. So she is doing a very. A, a, like a, a longer eating window kind of a approach. I can't remember when she closes her window. But, okay. But she opens around yeah. noon. So you, you read Delay, Don't Deny and you thought, huh, I can do this and maybe it'll help with my mood. Mm-hmm. So then. So I was like, okay, so I started giving it a try. It was February 18th, 2020. That was the first day. Coincidentally, I think I worked an extra long day at work that day too, like an 11-hour day or something. But yeah, that first month, six weeks, was rough. Was it? It was really hard. But I just kept pushing because I 
I knew from what you said that it would get easier. So when you say it was rough, it was rough physically, like you had a hard time physically adapting? Physically and mentally. Okay. But yeah, physically it would have been like, you know, just at first being super hungry and that was probably the biggest thing. So then at that point, like I hadn't really been good about drinking water before I did intermittent fasting. But then (laughs) once I started intermittent fasting, I was like, okay, this is one of the few things I can drink. So I, I became a water drinker. Isn't that amazing? Like there are so many people who don't drink water at all. Like they don't drink water. They don't like mm-hmm. water. That's, I'm like, how do you not like water? I don't understand that. So, but I'm very, very proud. Both of my boys have ended up being water drinkers. Like that is what they prefer. That is what they order at restaurants. And wow. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, being able, you know, well, I can't have a lot, but I can have water, so I'm going to have that. So I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. So you started drinking more water, I guess, and it took six weeks in. Did it start to feel easier? It did. It did. So what were you doing as far as your window at that point? Do you remember how you eased your way in? I'm trying to remember. I feel like maybe... Maybe maybe even before I read your book, I was doing like some intermittent fasting, like maybe just skipping breakfast. Mm-hmm. I, seem, I seem to remember doing that. I can't remember if that was before or after I read your book, though. I know it was when I was at this same job where I did start doing intermittent fasting that I was doing that, too. So I know I was trying that at some point. Now, were you skipping breakfast intentionally as fasting or just like that's how it ended up? Like you just end up skipping breakfast because it was convenient. Well, yeah, it was kind of convenient, but I do remember doing it purposely. Okay. I just can't remember where that fell in the timeline. Right. That makes sense. So you were skipping breakfast, and then you started just gradually. Were you pushing it back till like, what time? Um, it's hard to think back that far, isn't it? 2018 yeah. is a while back. I know I've, well, 2020, yeah. But that's been. right. It was 2020 when you started. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was from the period sometime in 2018 to early 2020. Oh, that's was, right. And it was, was February 18th. That's, 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 that's where I got the 18th. All right. So in 2020, you were you were skipping breakfast. And tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I can't remember. I feel like that may have been before. But anyway, okay. I do know after I started doing intermittent fasting, I was trying different things at first, like experimenting with opening my window at different times. I think at first I was opening it at maybe like five o'clock when I would get home from work. And then I would experiment with pushing it back further to six, seven. So I eventually settled with like, I found that I like eating, eating as early as five would affect my mood. So I guess that's partly why I pushed it back further. And so I eventually settled where I like to, I like to open my window about seven typically I can do it earlier, but seven seems to be the sweet spot for me. So you you feel good during the day. Like you have a steady mood. You feel good during the day and and you open your window at seven. Mm-hmm. And what time do you work during the day? I know you you said you're just you're a college graduate, new college graduate looking for jobs, but do, are you also working at all right now? I did work today okay. actually, but it was it's just something temporary. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Before that I'd I'd yeah, I've just been looking for a job and applying and that kind of thing. Yep. And you were going to school too. So, but you just found that you felt better when you got home and waited and didn't eat till seven. Mm-hmm. So, how long do you keep your window open typically? I have found 
I know that I feel better if I just keep it to like a two hour okay. window. But I'm not real strict on that. Okay. Like I know that I feel best when I do that, but I I know, you know, fasting it's something you can be flexible with. So And life happens. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep it open longer sometimes, but I do like to open it. I mean, I do like to close it sooner rather than later. And I guess the, one of the reasons I was asking about working is because I wondered, like, how late you stay up at night. Because that, you know, because I, I am the go-to-bed-at-9-o'clock person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a hard time staying up past 9. Are you someone who stays up fairly late at night? Typically, yes. Okay. I am a night owl, so. That, I wondered. How late That do you- makes it easier to, yeah, to keep that window open longer. Yep. How late do you normally stay up? Mm, I'm not typically... Asleep before 11. Okay, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. My husband, Chad, he's a night owl, too. He's his, He naturally stays up late and will sleep. I can't believe how late he can sleep in the morning. I'm like, I've been up for hours when he finally gets up, but he also stays up later than me. But, yeah. So if you're, if you're staying up later than having a later window, you're just shifting it at that part of the day. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So how soon did you start to feel a difference in your mood? I feel like it was relatively soon. It was within that first month or two, I believe. Started noticing that and also other benefits too. <laughs> Ones that I wasn't doing intermittent fasting for, but yet still experienced. See, that's the best thing. We, we come to intermittent fasting for whatever reason. Most people come because they want to lose weight. (laughs) And I love when I talk to someone, and that was not the reason why they started intermittent fasting. They came for something else. But most of us come for the weight loss. But when you come for whatever your reason is, and then it surprises you in other ways, that's what's astonishing. Because we're like, oh, I didn't even know it was going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us about some of those. What are some of the things that intermittent fasting has done for you that you never expected? Well, I remember noticing my skin, like my skin improved, like I had like I had dry skin on the bottoms of my feet, like my heels maybe, and that went away. And I also had problems with like acne on my back, and mm-hmm. then that went away too. So yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but that was a nice bonus. That's cool. Yeah. Hello, autophagy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our body has time to work on things. I was watching something. We just finally, and probably everybody in the world already has like YouTube, no ads. I don't know, but we just finally signed up for YouTube premium so we don't get ads. So I was watching uh-huh. something on YouTube and you know how it keeps like sending you other things like, oh, you would like this. Oh, you would like this. And then you're like, before you know it, it's been like 10 hours and you've been watching YouTube nonstop. <laughs> well, that happened to me yesterday, but I'm going somewhere with this. I ended up on a... A video, Dr. Joel Furman, I guess that's why YouTube thought I would like it. Dr. Joel Furman wrote the book. I got to look at the title of it. It's called Fasting and Eating for Health. It's one of the earliest fasting books that that actually I'm aware of in, in this modern era. I mean, obviously, there were fasting books from, you know, turn of the century, the previous turn of the century, but like a hundred and something years ago. But Dr. Furman is someone who uses fasting therapeutically. So he was talking about you know, eating and health in general. It was like a video presentation he did at a conference. But he was talking about the body being in anabolic state versus catabolic state. And anabolic is building, like when we're in the building phase. High insulin, we're eating, we're building. And then catabolic is when your body is in the cleaning up 
state. You're cleaning up mm. your back acne. You're cleaning up your dry heels, whatever that was, cleaning up the, in your brain and all over our bodies, inside and out. And basically, he said something that just struck me. He said, the more of our life that we can spend in the catabolic state, the longer we're going to live. And the longer in our mm. life we spend in the anabolic state, that is keeping our lifespan short. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He didn't say the word fasting in that whole entire part where he was talking about it. But when he, he mm. talked, we don't want to be living our whole lives building, building, building. We want to have some time when we're in the catabolic with the repair state. Anyway, I just had to share that. We don't, we don't even know what all our bodies are going to be doing while we're fasting. Mm-hmm. Did you know there's a connection between nutrition and optimal hormone function? Magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. A magnesium deficiency can disrupt your thyroid hormones, pancreatic hormones, and sex hormones, leading to suboptimal health. Bioptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough is the only supplement on the market that offers all seven key forms of magnesium specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. I'd recommend giving Magnesium Breakthrough a try. They are so confident that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. For an exclusive offer, go to buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories and use the promo code ifstories10 during checkout to save 10%. And if you subscribe, not only will you get an amazing discount and free gifts, you will make sure that your monthly supply is guaranteed. That's buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And then the other... Probably the other major benefit I've noticed from fasting is my brain works so much better. Like it's just, my thinking is so sharp now. Like it's, I just know a huge difference. Like I don't, I don't really, I don't have, I don't do so well on like long-term memory. Remembering like, oh, what was it like when I was younger as far as my thinking? I know I've always been like the one who can, you know, think of things, but I feel like that part of my brain just really like came alive after starting fasting. It sounds like your brain loves ketones. It must. It must. So, you know, that that's just that's fabulous because it, you have the alertness, you have the clarity, you can just think better. So, when you mm-hmm. were going to school, I, you know, I'm, you were going to school in the fasted state. Right. Taking your tests in the fasted state. Mhm. Yeah, I do my work in the fastest day. We before we started recording, we talked. I asked you if you had eaten yet today, and you said no. That was before you told me you didn't eat till seven. I would have known that if I'd asked you that mm-hmm. question earlier. But me too. You know, we're recording. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. 
I always record all podcast episodes in the fastest state because I'm I'm much sharper and clearer. Yeah, I found that even like I notice a distinct difference if I'm driving while fasted mm-hmm. and driving if I've gone somewhere to eat supper and then driving home. Huge difference. It's a lot harder for me to focus if I've just eaten. That is exactly right. There was someone in the community the other day, my online community, who was talking about she was taking a road trip and I try I you know, I don't like to rain on someone's parade, right? But she said, I'm going on a road trip. I'm going to be driving. And so I had a down day today. She's doing alternate daily fasting. And tomorrow is going to be an up day so I can eat breakfast at the hotel and then on my long drive home. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know what I was thinking, right, Caleb? Uh-huh. You're going to feel so much worse on that long drive if you get up and have a hotel breakfast. But she was so excited about it. And she'd already done a down day. And then she needed to have an up day following the down day. But yeah, if I had to drive a long way in the car or even just, like you said, driving home from dinner, I'm so much more alert driving in the fastest state. Have you taken any road trips longer than just from dinner home? Yeah, I went down to Florida, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, this was a year, what was it, a year and a year and a half ago, I guess. And yeah, I did it in the fastest state. Yeah. And yeah, so much easier to focus. Oh my gosh, yes. I can remember driving. It's a long way to Florida <laughs> from South Carolina. It's a long way down there. It's mm-hmm. a long, long state. We took a trip. We went on a cruise out of Miami. This is when we lived in Augusta. And I'm like, oh, it's not that far. We'll just drive. No, you do not want to drive to Miami from Augusta. It's a long way. That's like 12 hours or something. Why is Florida so long? I don't know. But again, while we were driving, you know, Chad and Will, Will went with us. It was when he was still, I guess he was still in high school. Will and Chad were eating all the way down there. And I'm like, why are y'all eating all this time? But I just stayed fasted the whole time till we got (laughs) to wherever we were going. And then I ate and it was much better. So. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you're so much clearer and sharper while driving. But I used to always snack while driving. And then you get that. Uh, you got to just keep eating or you're going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So it's been now, I guess, what, three and a half years since you started. Let, let's talk about, about your mood now. Is it, it stays clear? Like you don't struggle with depression anymore at all? Uh, occasionally, I'll have a day where I feel a little bit lower, but it's... Hardly ever more than a day, and then I'll feel feel normal again. So yeah, my mood is it's stabilized to the point that it's just basically just steady most of the time. That's amazing. You know, I I have a very steady mood, and I, of course I can't remember what it was like prior to fasting because that was 2014. It's been a long time, but uh-huh. I do feel like I'm just in general more upbeat and positive. Mm-hmm. Would you describe yourself now as someone who does not have depression or you just, you know, or is it just like the typical kind of the way normal people just have mood swings or would you say you do still consider yourself someone who suffers with depression? Um, see, I just, obviously I don't know exactly why it happened before. So I don't, I don't know that it was technically could be, you know, defined as depression, Okay. that I don't know because I was never like clinically diagnosed or anything like that. Yeah. I bet but, you, though, if you had that low mood, I bet you could have been. Maybe. Yeah. Because you suffered with that for a couple years. Yeah. It was definitely over a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, my mood will, like I said, it'll dip down sometimes, but nothing like nothing like before. 
And like I said, it'll only be for a day, maybe two days, but usually only a day. Now, do you live alone or do you live with, with others? I do still, even though I have my own house, I do still live at home. Okay. So I'm still there. I'm still there most of the time. Okay. I wondered because, you know, with your, when you have people around you, it can be more difficult to, to fast. So I wondered if you were, but if you're, if you're at home, that can, and your mom is doing fasting. She waits till about noon, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does it. And my dad, I think he, he does it. Also one of my sisters, I don't think she's currently doing it, but she used to do it where she would skip breakfast. And she even just, well, sometimes she fasted longer than that, but she even noticed some benefits just from skipping breakfast. That was the main thing she did as yeah. far as fasting. Yeah, I, I was watching some, again, like I was watching all the things on YouTube. <laughs> they kept showing me thing after thing, but it talked about just 13 hours. If you if someone could just go 13 hours, extend your overnight period, like stop eating a little earlier and keep, you know, wait to start eating the next day. If you just have that 13-hour fast, that's better than not having it. So even a little bit like that can make a positive impact. I think the, the study they were talking about was in the, um, it had something to do with breast cancer. Like the people who had breast wow. cancer, if they've kept to like a 13-hour overnight fast, they had less breast cancer recurrence. Again, I can't remember the exact source because it was, YouTube was serving it to me one <laughs> after the other. But yeah, so your sister, even if she just like doesn't always eat breakfast, sometimes she skips it, that's still sufficient. Yeah, I think she was doing like a 16-8. I think that was the main thing she did. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, what she experienced that I remember was she had a mole that just disappeared. That's amazing. Yeah. Thought that was pretty cool. Things that people talk about that just fall right off moles, of course, skin tags. We know those have to do with high levels of insulin, but scars, those are the things that are unbelievable, like big, thick scars that disappear. But again, like I said, our body's in that catabolic phase, that breaking down, and it's got time to break down all sorts of things that you don't need to have around. That mole was not necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the autophagy part of fasting, that's probably the most exciting part to me. It really is to me too. And, you know, as much as I know about fasting and how much I've read about it and how much I've experienced and how many people I've talked to, it's still, you know, I hadn't heard, you know, that from Dr. Furman. I hadn't heard that exact phrasing that he used about longevity and, and wanting to be in the catabolic state. And so I was like, well, that that is another good reason to fast and another reason to keep our window from creeping Keep that window shorter. You know, for you, you're you're motivated to do it because you feel so much better with that shorter window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what keeps me doing it because I know what it was like before, and I don't I don't want to feel like that again. And I'm not normally someone who's good at being, you know, disciplined with these kinds of things, but I am with this. Like once I turned that corner, I just there was no looking back. Well, it's like medicine for your mind, right? Yeah. Like, you know how you feel, and you don't want to lose that. No. Yeah, feeling good is my main motivator as well for really every decision that I make in life now. and Think about, about feeling good. Now, we talked about how you never needed to lose weight. Did you lose weight? I think I did lose a little bit, actually. I think I was like upper 150s, and I lost maybe five pounds, but nothing since then. My weight's been stable. And that, that's what I wanted to, to dig into because sometimes we'll hear from people 
they'll still ask the question. They'll say, well, you know, my husband or my friend or whoever it is, is interested in the health benefits of fasting, but they don't have any weight to lose. They're at a healthy weight. How can they begin? You know, someone was talking about her husband recently, and he was very, very lean. And she was like, you know, he started and he lost a little bit of weight. So she was asking, is he just going to keep losing weight until he's unhealthy? But that's not what happened for you. No, no. So yeah, I, I think that it, your body just, if that's what works well for your body, then your body is just going to adapt to it. Yep. Yep. And you're not dieting within your two hour, three hour, whatever it is, eating window. You're eating until you're satisfied and then you stop. Right. Yeah. Well, that, I guess that brings up another thing. Okay. <laughs> I usually, I usually eat a pretty good sized meal when I do eat. Yeah. Just because, well, one thing I found that changed after I started fasting was I, I liked eating before, but after I started fasting, I became the biggest foodie ever. I love that. Me too. I love it so much. So you liked eating before, but now when we wait until our eating window, suddenly the phrase window worthy comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you eat a yeah. big, big meal. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's easy for me to eat more than I should. So I do have to kind of watch out for that. And I don't know, maybe that's typically been what I, what I will do, but I do know that if oftentimes if I, if I don't eat past that feeling full state, then I'll feel better later Yeah. than if I don't. You know, that, that reminds me of a book I read a long time ago by Ori Hoffmeckler. Again, very early fasting book, right up there early as far as like Joel Furman. Ori Hoffmeckler wrote a book called The Warrior Diet. Have you ever heard of that? I think, yes, I've heard of that. What's funny is if you, if you ask, like if you read some weird article about fasting on the internet that someone just obviously Googled it up before they wrote it because they don't really know anything about it, they still talk about styles of fasting. And one of them is the warrior diet style of fasting. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a basically a four-hour eating window approach. And what I remember most about Ori Hoffmeckler's work, he talked about how he felt like it was a very ancestrally based way of eating. Like imagine yourself back in the day of having to go out and hunt for your food all day. And so you're out hunting all day and doing whatever the work you're doing. And then at night by the campfire, you have time to sit down and eat your big meal. And it it was like a feast, a daily feast. So when you talk about Mm -hmm. your end of the day feast, you're feasting in your window. But that made me think back to, you know, the warrior diet and Ori Hoffmeckler describing how he felt like it was natural for us to eat throughout time. But that feels natural to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like to an extent it's justifiable because, Hey, I'm only eating once. So it may as well be a good sized meal. Yeah. And I feel like as long as you are not eating until you feel bad and I mean, you're not gaining weight, you're healthy. I can see by looking at you, you're at a very healthy weight for your body. I imagine your your biomarkers are good. Have you had any blood work done? I have donated blood several okay. times and, and that, never had any issues. That's good. Yeah, you're you're still young. You're <laughs> I didn't start getting really regular <laughs> blood work until I don't even want to admit how recently it was. Like I didn't have all that data. I just went to the doctor when I was sick. That's all I did for a long, long time. But um uh-huh. you know, I want to reiterate you are you started at 150 and you're, how tall are you? 5'11". 
Okay. Yep. You're very similar size to to my husband, Chad. I don't know how much he weighs, but I bet he's he's right around 5'11". He probably weighs right around, you said you're probably right around 145. Now that's probably where Chad is too, right around 145. So you just have that lanky body, body style. And it's super, super important to reiterate that you did not just keep losing below what was healthy for you. No. No, like I said, I think I may have had a little bit of extra. I think I may have been like 158, 159, and then dropped maybe five pounds or so. Yeah. So, yeah. And then today, I'm, I don't remember the last time I weighed. It wasn't that long ago, but I think I was 155. Okay. Oh, so you're a little, a little heavier than Chad. Chad is super lanky. <laughs> <laughs> He's tiny, tiny man. But going back to that, Joel Furman video. And please, nobody asked me to find it for you. There's no way I could find it. Because again, it just popped up randomly on YouTube. And I was like, oh, Joel Foreman, let's see what he's saying. But he was talking about some research, some data they have on the longest living people in the world, like the Okinawans from Japan and some of those people. And he was talking about the way that they eat. Um, and they, they call it Hirohachibu eating until 80% full, but they're not fasting. They're eating you know, with, over the course of the day. But they maintain a very low body weight compared to what, what we see more around us these days. And also, he talked about the science of calorie restriction, which is you know eating less than normal for a long period of time and how that is also linked to longevity. Interesting. Yep. And he actually talked about, I know this is going to be a little scary for people for me to say these words, but he talked about how over time it slows your metabolic rate. And again, that sounds like a scary thing, but it's actually good for us long term. So when you're at an ideal weight for your body, nobody wants to slow your metabolic rate when you're still have a lot of fat on your body and you need to lose it. But when you're lean and healthy, it's actually not a bad thing if your body slows that rate, that metabolic rate down a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. So nobody gets scared by that. <laughs> you know, if anybody's worried about their metabolic rate, that's why we have alternate daily fasting. That's great for revving things back up again. But anyway, long term, we want to have a body that's going to live a long time and we want to do what we can for that. So um, you mentioned you like to feast. What What do you like to eat? Oh, <laughs> Oh, there's all kinds of food that I, I love eating. But yeah, I mean, when I do eat, it's like, I want to eat good food, you know. Um, I mean, I, there's all kinds of foods I like. I, mean, I like pizza, sandwiches. I don't know that I have any, like, one thing that's my favorite thing. But I definitely like hearty meals. Yeah. You like that feeling of being full. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm thinking about that warrior by the campfire. Yeah. Just eating something that's just like a salad, even if it has meat on it, just that's just not as filling as something that has more, you know, something that's more robust. I'm the same exact way. I went to trivia a few weeks ago, and for whatever reason, I was craving a salad. It's been hot here. And so I go with a bunch of ladies. So we got, I got this salad. It was like a chef's salad. So it had the meat on the top, you know, the cheese and the meat and the dressing and all of that. And I ate the salad and, then I was like looking around and someone was eating roast beef and mashed potatoes. And I was like, I would like to eat that too. <laughs> but I just <laughs> eaten this giant salad. I was like, I don't know these ladies well enough yet. I can't also order roast beef and mashed potatoes in front of them. So I went home after trivia and had something 
else. But yeah, that salad, I'm sure the salary had plenty of calories. I'm putting my fingers in quotation marks because, you know, probably had plenty of calories with the dressing. It was a big salad. And it was bulky with the lettuce. It did not fill me up. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. Yeah. So I needed something else. I, we, I probably should have just ordered the roast beef and the mashed potatoes and eaten it. But they would have been like, what is this girl doing? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have your tastes in food changed at all? Like, are you finding yourself wanting to eat things that are a surprise? Hmm. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah. You mentioned salad. And I didn't really like, I don't remember really liking salad before I started fasting. But then... I remember just all of a sudden getting this craving for it. So I remember like I would eat salad if it was appropriate. I would eat salad with supper mm-hmm. for a while. So, and I still, I still like salad. Just I'm not a huge fan of like it being the only thing. Ditto. But a nice, a nice side salad is, is a nice addition. Yes. It is not a meal for me. I've, I've just learned that over time. It, I don't care how giant it is and how much it fills me up. It doesn't make me feel satisfied for whatever reason. And I mm-hmm. can see other people doing it, and they're satisfied, but not me. I gotta have, I gotta have something starchy. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. So it, for whatever reason, yeah. Bread is bread is bread is good. Yeah, potatoes, oh, <laughs> rice. Yeah. I gotta have something starchy. If I have something starchy, beans, I am so satisfied. It's 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 always makes a huge difference. So, have you had a conversation with your mom? I'm sure you have about how fasting impacted your mood and did everything you hoped that it would. Yeah, yeah, I've I've talked to her, my whole family, they're they're aware. And yeah, like at first, at first when I was around them, like if if they were eating and I wasn't, it was hard, mm-hmm. but for the most part that's not hard for me now. Unless maybe it's like a really a really nice meal, like something really delicious like burgers or something. Yep. Cuz burgers burgers are definitely definitely up there for me. Me too. I always love a good burger, especially with an egg on top. You ever had a burger with an egg on top? No, but there's a Oh, you gotta try it. There's a restaurant near near my house actually that that serves one of their burgers has an egg on top. You gotta I've try it. I've been meaning to try it. Yes. Promise me you're gonna try it. Get it runny. It needs to be a run, unless you're like grossed out by runny egg. I am not. But it's gotta be runny and the yolk like runs all down in there. Mm. It's so good. It adds an extra layer of flavor to that burger. So promise me that you'll try it next time you, you go to that restaurant. Well, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how about your friends? You know, you're a you're a young guy. You're not someone who needs to lose weight. So I can imagine that if your friends are seeing you fasting, they're like, why are you doing that? Do they ever ask? Hmm. Well, I know like sometimes if I'm just meeting someone and then like if they're going to be, if I'm going to be around them, like when other people would normally be eating, then it can be somewhat awkward. Right. But I mean, I try to, for my part, I try to make it not be too awkward. But um, to answer your question, I don't, as far as friends, I don't, I guess I have a whole lot of, like, friends. You don't talk about I spend time you with. Don't, but you, and you, you don't talk about fasting with them. Not typically, no. I'm not like a, even though I know fasting, like how all the benefits it's done for me, I I'm still not the type to like go out and try to like push it on other people. That makes sense. But but if they're around me when I'm not, when, you know, they're eating and I'm not, then I'll, I may mention it or they might ask and then I'll say, no, actually I don't. In fact, I've had to, when I've, there's been a couple of times when I donated blood that they asked if I'd just eaten a good meal. 
So then that was a bit awkward. Yeah. So I just, I ended up, I ended up just having to tell him, okay, I do intermittent fasting and I'm used to it, you know, so I haven't had any trouble, you know, donating blood, which I've done in a fasted state. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They probably are like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're not used to, not used to intermittent fasters, but you know, I, I totally get not wanting to bring it up with everybody and you don't want it to be awkward and you don't want to feel like you have to explain it to people. So you're right. We don't owe anybody an explanation about what we're doing and why. And if you don't want to eat right, then sometimes you might choose you are going to eat. Like if you're at something with people you might look at the food. I always look and decide if it's window worthy. That is my metric. If it's window worthy and I would like to eat it and I'm not going to be driving a long way or something, I might just go ahead and eat. But it's always up to me. And if I don't want to, if I didn't want to tell people what I was doing, of course, you know, I always do. But if I didn't want mm-hmm. to, that would be okay too. Just say, I'm not eating right now. I'm going to eat later. That's it. They don't need to know yeah. when, why, whatever. None of their business. It could just be you don't like the look of the food there. Just say, nothing really looks good. I'm just going to eat later. I'm uh-huh. not hungry right now. That's all That's all that we need to explain to somebody. And if anybody is super pushy, that's their problem, not yours. You can just say, why are you trying to get me to eat? I don't want to eat right now. And just look at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been, there's been times where I've opened my window sooner. Like if we're celebrating a birthday and we're at my married brother's house, then Sometimes I've, yeah, I've opened my window early, you know, like five or five thirty, since it was a special occasion. Oh yeah. I knew it would affect my mood. Like for me, whenever I do that, it does affect my mood a little bit, but sometimes I, I deem it worthy. Absolutely. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales. And we've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash trial. That is linkedin.com slash trial for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash trial and get started. Yeah. So when you eat, I'm trying to dig into this. When you eat at seven, when you wait till seven, do you have low mood after eating then? Or is it only if you eat early? Um, I mean, I guess anytime after I eat, especially if it's, you know, if I've eaten a good sized meal, then I'll feel like I might just like feel like I've just eaten or have depends. Like if I've also eaten dessert afterward, yeah. mm-hmm. then I found especially the sugar will will affect my mood more yeah. than just eating the regular meal. Because I'm wondering if there's something that you're eating that that might be 
like like it might be a problem for your body. I don't know. Like something, if, if, if what you're eating, it would be interesting to see if there's a connection with the what, basically, is what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. if there's something that's making you feel worse, like some kind of intolerance that your body is feeling is low mood, that would be interesting to, to, to think about. But you say sugar might be one of those things. So that is just something to, to, to keep in mind that maybe it could be something that you're eating that's not working well for your brain chemistry. Like you mentioned sugar. I don't know. Just something to keep in mind. But yeah, I know it's no fun to think about that, though. <laughs> I know. It's like I love sweet stuff, but I know how it will how it affects my mood. And I know how sugar, you know, is not good for you and all that. But, well, you know, the, yeah. it, it's just something to, something to keep in mind. You might start noticing a connection between what and how you're feeling, because for me, the hardest thing has been to realize the connection between wine and sleep and how I feel to the point that I finally just have given it up completely and I'm sleeping great. And, and I didn't want to. <laughs> but mm. if, if you figure out, huh, maybe maybe these are some things. If I don't eat them, I, my mood stays great even after I eat. Just something to keep in mind. You can do some experimenting with that over time. Yeah. I know there's even like, I know you've done, what was it, Zoe? Yes. And then there's another one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Anyway, my mother did it, and it was some kind of genetic testing to then see what, what foods work well for her body and what foods don't. Yep. So I'm like, once once she found that out, then she's like, well, how can I not yeah. you know, avoid those? So I'm considering doing something, you know, doing either doing what she did or what you did, something like that. I love see Zoe because they test so many things, including your gut microbiome because that mm-hmm. that is so cool to have that information to know your gut health because we can change so much about our bodies by changing our gut microbiome what we feed our gut and and the the different foods like beans and whole grains and veggies and all of that you know the gut microbiome that that will cause to to thrive is different from you know other 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 ways we might eat so like feeding our gut real food is such a such a game changer. And, and you know, a lot of mood depend, comes from the gut. True. Yeah. Like, I wonder, now, now just like I've had like a little light bulb moment, I wonder if something, like you've got some gut bugs that are, are not as healthy and they make some kind of chemical because, you know, the gut is our second brain. I wonder if you're eating something that's feeding the, the gut microbiome. Yeah, I think you might want to do Zoe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> See what's down there. Yeah, maybe so. Because, I mean, even in addition to that, I mean, I do, I do actually take some probiotics, mm-hmm. and I guess I started doing that before, before I started doing fasting. I think I was originally doing that to help with acne, which it actually did. Yeah. But yeah, to this day, I still take several different probiotics, and it's actually products from Plexus. Okay. Yep. Probiotics can definitely make a difference in your gut. But yeah, that would be super interesting to see because when you do Zoe, and for anybody who's like, what in the world is Zoe? If you go to jenstevens.com slash Zoe, it talks about it there. But they basically, they analyze your gut microbiome. You were a CGM for a couple weeks. You test these muffins to see your blood sugar response and your how your body clears fat. Like I learned I don't clear fat very well, which explains why my body did well on the low fat diets of 
the the early 90s. You know, people make fun of those, but that was the leanest I ever was in my entire adult life was the low-fat diet. And turns out my Mm. body doesn't clear fat well. That explains why I felt so terrible on keto because I was eating a whole lot of fat every day. My body didn't feel good. Fat is inflammatory for me. And unless your body is like mine, that might sound crazy. But for me, it, it makes a huge difference to eat better for my personal biology. And that's the whole point of Zoe. And some people have been really surprised. Like they think that they should eat a certain way and then they do the the program and then they're like, it was the opposite of what they thought. And then they change what they're doing and they feel so much better. That's cool. Yeah. But you would find out, like they tell you your gut profile of both the good and the bad bugs that live in your gut. And they ah. have gut boosters, which are foods that are going to boost the good gut bugs that you have already based on what they find. But then they have gut suppressor foods, which are foods that they don't think you should do well with because that it like suppresses your good gut bacteria or stimulates the growth of the bad ones. Gotcha. It's fascinating. That's why I, I love learning about it because it also lets you know a lot of this is outside of just our conscious control. Like those, those guys are calling the shots down there and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you struggle with? As far as like fasting? Yeah. Um, like I said, for the most part, I don't struggle with being around other people when they're eating, unless it's something that I really like and would like to eat, but know that uh, I know how to make me feel. Right. And I just, to me, that matters more than eating, even if it's, Sometimes, even when it's a special occasion, I'll avoid eating. So that's not, like I said, it used to be more of a problem. Now it's not really. Other than that, nothing comes to mind. It just works. You just do it. You feel good. You eat. Yeah. When your window's open, you, just, yeah, it just works. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you know that you have this tool in your toolbox forever, that you're always going to have it. You know, at your young age to have, I know you probably, you don't you're like 30 doesn't feel very young, but when you're 54 like me, 30 feels pretty young. <laughs> but you've yeah. got this tool in your toolbox forever. You know, do have you watched anyone in your family struggle with weight? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, I have too, of course, and I was also one of those people struggling. But to know that you've got this tool in your toolbox and you're not going to have to have this struggle is is pretty pretty cool to know. Yeah. And so, you know, on top of experiencing the, you know, the, the better mood and sharper thinking. I just look forward to seeing, you know, down the road, what other changes I might experience from autophagy. Like that's the part that's probably the most exciting to me. Yeah. Just I, knowing if I keep doing this, it could get even better. Yeah, I think so too. And of course, not knowing all that it's doing, that's the part. I wish we had like an autophagy meter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we could know when it was happening. That'd be nice. That would be very cool. You know, it's it happens similarly to the the same the same physiological state that ketosis happens. So if you're getting into ketosis, you can rest assured that you're also having increased autophagy. But they're not the same thing. But they they happen in the the same that catabolic state again when our body is breaking things down. And you know, we may never know all the good things autophagy does for us. Like we're not going to know the cancer we don't get. True. Or the illnesses our bodies fight off, the viruses and the bacteria that our body manages just with no problem. Like, we'll never know. That's that's the part that's tricky. We know how great we feel. We don't know what the, the flip side would have been had we not done it. Uh, good point. Yeah. So are you? do you do any kind of physical activity, anything like that 
Um, I do enjoy physical activity. I've, again, not been very consistent with it, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy you know, running or mm-hmm. cycling, walking, even just walking. I do enjoy those. I just need to need to be more disciplined about being consistent. With yeah, them. be intentional but, about that. As you, as you get older, it's even more important. <laughs> to yes. move that body. My older son, Cal, he does, he loves cycling. He loves to, he they he loves to go on bike rides. He lives in um this, he lives in San Francisco and he has a friend that he went to high school with that lives out there too and he'll go bike riding all around on all these different roads and highways. I'm like, "Please be careful." But, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we never stop worrying about our kids. <laughs> I'm probably the same that. age as your parents. <laughs> Actually, you are. (laughs) I had a feeling. I had a feeling. So just in general, what would you say is just the best thing about intermittent fasting? Sure. Having a stable mood is definitely probably the top since that's why I started doing it. But the sharper thinking is huge, huge for me, too. Those are probably the two, two top ones. I, th- I think those are great. And I just, I want to reiterate, you know, I'm so glad that you reached out to tell your story. I think this is an important one because sometimes people worry that if you're already at a healthy weight, you can't start doing intermittent fasting. Or if you, you know, don't need to lose weight, this is going to make you lose too much weight to the point that you're unhealthy. But that is not what has happened for you. Your body's not letting you get below a healthy weight. No, no, it, it, no I guess it knows what it needs and it's, Doing its thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm keep remembering things for that that YouTube video that I watched yesterday. He talked about what would happen. And, you know, we know it's more complicated than calories in, calories out, right? But he was giving an example. If you ate 50 extra calories a day over what your body needed, you know, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, our, uh, we're not just going to necessarily deposit all 50 extra calories. Bodies are complicated. They might rev up your metabolism, all sorts of things. But just theoretically, if you ate 50 more calories a day, then your body could burn up. You would gain weight. He talked about the the rate of weight gain. He said, but if you eat 50 fewer calories a day than your body needed for your metabolic rate, whatever, you would not just keep losing weight. Your body would get to a healthy place and stop and you would be healthy and you would live longer. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) That makes sense. Sometimes people worry about not eating enough. We hear that a lot. And, you know, am I eating enough? And I really think based on what I know and what I feel. If you're not eating enough for your body, your body says eat more, sends mm-hmm. you an increased hunger signal. I think it only becomes a problem if your body gets kind of adapted and you have a lot of fat you still want to lose and you're not losing it. But if you're at a healthy weight, I think the whole idea of not eating enough is is not going to happen. Like our body will let us know. We're not just going to keep losing weight forever and ever. Yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's definitely something to think about. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Hmm. I guess for someone just starting out, I would say it's going to be hard at first, but just keep pushing through it, and it will get better eventually. Yeah, and you're not even going to be, you don't even know all the good things that are going to happen down the line. Mm-hmm. And I would also say you have to experiment and find out what works best for your body because everyone's different. So just because for me, a two-hour eating window is what works best doesn't mean it's what's going to work best for someone else. Amen. 
Yes. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't do great waiting until 7. Yeah, I'm done usually by 7. And you're starting at 7. And it's all about what feels like a good rhythm. And you feel good. You're healthy. Feeling good is such a good sign. Yes. Our bodies yes. let us know. Mm-hmm. Well, Caleb, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Well, you're very welcome. I'm, it's been a privilege to talk with you and share my story. I really enjoyed it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.